Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast. This is a weekly conversation with MedTech leaders who have succeeded in Latin America. Today, our guest is Dr. Lishan Aklok. Dr. Aklok is a Harvard-trained heart surgeon and entrepreneur. He is the chairman and CEO of PavMed, a multi-product medical device company which he co-founded in 2014 based on a portfolio of five of his own inventions. He previously co-founded Pavilion Holdings Group, a holding company that created four medical device companies, including venture-backed Vortex Medical, which developed and commercialized his life-saving invention, AngioVac, which was sold in 2012 to AngioDynamics. Well, Lishan, I'm very mindful of your time. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that I'm very honored to be on the phone with you. And the reason I reached out to you initially was about my topic on the EU MDR. And I know PubMed is involved in commercialization of medical technologies and then wanted to explore or how involved you are in Europe, how the EU MDR that's going to come into effect in 2020 is going to affect your business and how you see Latin America as a market to commercialize medical technologies in general? Yeah, uh, the landscape is clearly changing. Uh, prior to 10 years ago, when myself and my partner, Brian de Guzman, and my vice chairman, Mike Lennon, formed our current enterprise, both Dr. de Guzman have been very involved with uh, medical device companies, both large and small, and in helping bring products to market and assessing technology and so forth, right? And so I've been at this for a long time. and. Uh, the landscape is clearly changing. I think historically, uh, given the differences between the regulatory hurdles uh, for uh, medical devices in Europe versus the United States and the market sizes of those being heavily dominated, the world market being heavily dominated by those two entities, the standard practice was to in many situations, I wouldn't say all, but in many circumstances, especially for products that required PMAs and required clinical trials, of course, to go to Europe first, very much embedded in sort of the, the standard script of medical device commercialization. Um, let's get CE mark, let's go to Europe. It may be a little yeah. bit challenging after you get regulations to get commercialization as it's country by country, but at least you get a foothold in commercial launch and either generate revenue to support the company yes. or its other endeavors in the U.S. or to generate patients, generate a clinical evidence base for use in U.S. regulatory. So I think the things that have been, that have led to the evolution and the, towards the current landscape, which is much more broader in its view of the entire world as a market, um, is that one is that the market opportunity has clearly expanded beyond just the U.S. and Europe and the growth of economies and therefore the growth of the development of economies around the world has led to there being a significant portion of the market opportunity in Asia, Latin America, and, you know, hopefully increasingly Africa and the Middle East as well. So that's, I think, one factor that's just macroeconomic factor, that there's a reason to be involved in Latin America and in Asia, which is that those will ultimately be important markets. And I've worked for companies, been involved in an advisory capacity for companies that have had significant, a reasonable portion of their business in Latin America. Okay. And so I went to Argentina at one point. I was really for a training course in a symposium on behalf of a, an orthopedic company that, that had some cardiothoracic um, products. 
So one is the market opportunity. But now, as you sort of hinted at, as to the regulatory hurdles in Europe appear to be increasing and perhaps increasing quite significantly, that further expands the opportunity for you know, countries in Latin America and elsewhere to be more directly involved in the um, not just the early innovations and sort of testing for first human, but even even further beyond. So I think that's clearly the direction things are heading. You know, we of course prior to now, you know, there were companies. You know, that I think the most typical example that I'm aware of, and may not be limited to this, is Paraguay, where companies would go to Paraguay to do a few cases to say, okay, we got a few cases under our belt, but it was really just limited to that, right? It wasn't- Dr. Adrian uh, Epler, we know him. It wasn't really going beyond that, but I think now the opportunity for the experiences, clinical experiences, to go much further than that and to really go much, again, much further than just a couple of first human cases, I think is is quite there. I mean, the MDR, you know, we have a diagnostic device, so we're looking at both the MDR and the IVDR activities in Europe are both a bit daunting for companies, especially small companies like ours, who would, who have incorporated a Europe strategy within a broader regulatory and commercial strategy. And also, as we discovered, we've been quite active since our founding in, in the AdvoMed organization here in the U.S. and have sort of been keeping tabs on where, on where things are headed. And, you know, one of the challenges is a lot of the uncertainty as to where things are going. So you're trying to plan a strategy okay, we'll, we'll submit for CE mark on this particular date. And we have three products that have a projected CE mark submission mm-hmm. uh, for this year. But, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty as to whether the rules and regulations that we're aware of with MDR are going to truly be how things ultimately turn out and also whether they can even be executed in their current form just from a practical logistical point of view. Um, mm. So all of those are definitely significant challenges for a, a company of our size that is uh, looking to commercialize multiple products. And so the emergence of, of countries like Colombia and others you know, in this space is really of great interest to us. Fantastic, Lishan. And I'm not just sort of trying to feed you what you want to hear. I mean, all of that is, is real. I get, you know, we, we are, you know, the reason why our conversations with your group have been really interesting is because, you know, I think... The fact of the matter is human beings are human beings. Yes, you have, you know, there are some, let, let me just say some of the things that we have to work through and are going to be relevant in, um, in, in sort of, you know, for this expansion that you're working on to really be consummated are, of course, when it comes to regulatory data, the, you know, companies in the U.S. that are looking to get regulatory data outside of the U.S. are, are dependent on, are, are obviously dependent and cognizant of the fact that FDA will demand that any data that you present, assuming that they're open to look to, to US, OUS data, that it be comparable, you know, so mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. both in terms of the quality of the healthcare that's being provided, as well as the patient population. So yes. to the extent to which, again, as countries develop their economies, everybody, you know, sort of comes to you know similar disease processes type kicking in right so yeah. so as mm-hmm. uh, countries develop they get you know eat western diets and and exactly. there becomes sort of a, a standard hom- homogenation more westernized of, yeah more yeah, americanized the same diseases yeah. but yeah. that's going to be critical right for the data to be useful we just went through this uh with um uh, an, an ous study i think you might be aware of with one of our other products that we're going to be launching 
uh, a study in the coming weeks in New Zealand, yes. and we had to go through the formal we had to go through the formal steps of of explaining to the FDA and providing data to the FDA that that the patient population and the healthcare um, uh, delivery mechanisms that we would be tapping into are uh, analogous, similar enough to the exactly. US, that the data that we generate is the data that we generate is generalizable to the U.S. population. Mm -hmm. That's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to. We're always going to have to prove that if it's going to be beyond just a couple of person human cases, for the company knows that our technology basically works. Um, so that's going to be important. I'm sure you know that. I'm not telling you yes. that you don't know, mm -hmm. but but okay. that's obviously a, a critical part of this endeavor. Fantastic. Excellent, Lishant. Um, I. I, I can't thank you enough. I mean, it's, it's been a great um, uh, call, I think. Uh, we got to know each other. We have some people in common. We talked about Latin America as a potential first in human destination, Colombia as a, one of the top places for that. Sure. <laughs> Let me ask you something beyond that. I don't know if, you, if you've talked to Sean about this, but do you directly participate in or do you have partners that you work with on the commercial side so that it just seems like if you're going to do clinical cases in a particular country and go through the regulatory hurdles of, you know, the import licenses and all that, even though the market opportunity is not massive, it's still worth taking it to the next step and, and yeah. getting local clearance and being able to commercialize them. So have yeah. you talked to Sean about identifying potential distributing distribution partners and so forth? And is that no, something that you... We haven't, but that's actually something that we do. That's part of our services. We have uh, market access services uh, oh, related okay. to... Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, market clearance related to finding distributors, putting together a market access plan that has you know, reimbursement, uh, has demand generation, all type of, uh, I mean, distribution, oh, that's awesome. all, all the peers. Okay, that's great. Given that, do you do, does, with that, do you do sort of some market, because obviously the decision about how hard to push on that is going to be a function of, we get called a lot from distributors all over the country, all over the world, right? Yes, I'm sure. In Brazil, who wants to sell yeah. carpet? So I've got a guy in Italy who wants to sell yeah. I've got a guy in Japan who wants to sell this. You know, yeah. we're, and we're a small company, so we have a limited... Yeah bandwidth in terms of being able to target individual country markets one at a time. So obviously yeah. an important element of that would be some type of initial analysis that says, look, if you were to bring product X into our, into, into Columbia, then it would be, you know, there would be, uh, you know, this is what the you know, commercial regulatory hurdles would be. This is yes. what the, you know, these are the lead institutions that you might be exactly. working with. So with the distributor, that works would be, and really, and here's the bottom line, short-term market opportunity, because yeah. that's what it would have to be, because we would be generating resources and, you know, it'd be nice to get, we'd be using resources and it would be nice to know sort of very early on in that process, sort of what are the prospects for some, you know, for some meaningful commercial um, opportunity in the short term. So sure. That's, that's exactly what we do. That's something you do. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Exactly then, we, we then we should do that. So yeah. Just tell Sean that I told you to, to have you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'll send him a text about that and uh, we'll get the, the okay. conversation started in that, in that uh, avenue. Okay. All right. right. That sounds good. Excellent. All right. So, it was really nice talking to you. I look forward to meeting in person sometime. Thank you. Likewise. Likewise. Bye bye. Take care.